Hey guys, what is up and welcome back to the show. This is Basketball Quick Takes Episode 4. Let's jump right into scores, uh, opinions, and more. So, UVA versus Louisville yesterday in a game that came down and was really a defensive slugfest throughout the whole entire game, which, even though it hasn't really shown that much this year, if there's any game that you think is going to be a slugfest, it's got to be the UVA game. Um, they UVA wins it 51-50 to uh, behind Kihei Clark's 17 points, or no, 17 from Gardner, 15 from Kihei Clark, both shot 50% or better, um, and they were the two main scorers through, for any team throughout the whole entire game. Really, it was close the whole entire time, but UVA's offense kind of got a slight spark. They couldn't hit anything from three, and Armand Franklin, who who tends to start, couldn't get anything going either. But they were able to stay ahead and play very, very good defense to hold them to 50. It's it's the staple of the UVA program, and you know that that if their offense isn't going, then their defense will be there, and, and it showed yesterday. But let's. I want to. I want to give a little bit of props to this Louisville team. They came out against Georgia Tech, firing and played a very good game there, and played pretty solid against a a team like UVA, who I think is better than Georgia Tech. Um, they they showed they showed a lot of heart even in only two games here in this state ACC tournament because they knew that I'm pretty sure you have to be at 500 for the NIT and so they knew that if they were to lose it would be their last game of the season and especially for the seniors um, so they they played they went out there for the the past two games and played some very hard basketball played much better basketball than they had uh, especially on the back end of the second half of the regular season. And so even with finishing the season with the 11th seed and 13-19 and 19 record, I think they finished off the season on a high note. For Syracuse and Florida State, uh, the second round, the 8-9 the and nine seed, the second round game where no one has to wait for an opponent. Um, you had a game that was dominated from start to finish by Syracuse. There was there was no looking back, and there was no chance for Florida State to make a comeback in the game. Uh, it was about a 30-point game for a lot of it, and this was the only bad game uh, for for it, or any of the second round. And I want, I want to talk about, for a second, the Buddy Beheim punch, in case you didn't see it. Um, he, he clearly whipped around, and... I don't know who it was on Florida State, but he he turned. He was just getting hardly boxed out. It was just a physical game, and he was getting hardly boxed out. It was nothing dirty on the account of the Florida State player. He just whips around, starts running in the other direction, and just gets him in the chest. And and the fact I don't I don't like that Jim Beheim went out there and said after the game that it was inadvertent contact and that he'd been pushed around multiple times throughout the game. That was not inadvertent contact and he was suspended for a game and so now he'll miss their leading scorer in Buddy Behan will miss this this game against Duke and so now it's just gonna make it a whole of a heck of a lot harder for him to be able to beat Duke and I think it was the right call suspending Buddy Beheim for a game for what he did because if it were inadvertent contact people would have been able to see that but the other thing is too how did the refs not recognize that I don't know how they didn't see that they they either just didn't see it or didn't see it from the correct angle or something because it wasn't a foul, nothing stopped play, or anything. Um, 
And in the moment, I felt it should have been a flagrant one. I don't think he should have been ejected in the moment, but it should have definitely been a flagrant. He should have been penalized for it. Um, but but I'm sorry, Jim, that was not inadvertent contact. Uh, he whipped around and punched him straight in the chest, and I think it was a good call by the ACC to review it and to take him out. But but nevertheless, uh, Syracuse wins that game 96-57, to I believe, which is 67-77-87. That's a 39-point win and kind of a disappointing end of the season, especially for Florida State, um, when their whole second half of the season was kind of disappointing. At one point, at the beginning of January, they were first in the ACC. Um, let's get in to the other two games for a minute. So you had Boston College and Wake Forest, and you had have, um, uh, what was the other game? I'm sorry. Virginia Tech and Clemson. Uh, so for the Boston College game, Earl Grant coming into his first season, and obviously Boston College isn't going to make it to the tournament unless they were to win unless they were to win this ACC tournament, which I think is even now is still kind of a long shot. But for kind of a transition year, getting a new coach, and while Orgrant is a great coach, I think, uh, by the way, I think he'll be there for a while, um, getting two, even just two wins in the ACC tournament this year um, can be a huge confidence booster for returning players and for him moving into the second year, and it might even give him a little bit of a recruiting boost. But anyways, so even as the 13 seed, they're able to knock off Wake Forest, and Wake Forest is now a team where they are really, they might not make it into the NCAA tournament now after that bad loss. I was actually planning on making a podcast on their uh, tournament resume, um, and I was going to spend a lot of time talking about how they cannot, they, they don't have to win the ACC tournament, but they cannot have a bad loss. And that was the bad loss. And they seem to, and after beating Boston College, like earlier in the season by like 30 points, they seem to be playing almost a little, uh, 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 what, what's the word? Playing a little desperately. And it kind of showed, um, especially at the end of the game when they felt like they probably had it in the bag. Uh, Boston College was able to go on a run and then send it to overtime and where where they wouldn't look back from then and would win it in overtime. And so I just think it's a very good win for Boston College and Oak Grant and their team. Um, and they'll move in now. I believe I believe that they're going to go out and play Miami uh, which is which is honestly out of all of the teams that got a double buy in my opinion that was they they are the not the they're not an easy team but like out of all teams they are like like I think Notre Dame UNC and Duke are better teams than Miami because I I, I just that's just that's just what I think and so honestly do I see them getting past Duke because I I, I Duke's gonna beat Syracuse especially without Buddy Bam do I do I think they're going to get past Duke? Definitely not. But I think it would be a great win, and I don't find it impossible for them to beat Miami, especially with how they've been playing, especially just knocking off Wake Forest and a 20-point win. Now, I know it was against Pittsburgh, but it's still a 20-point win in the ACC tournament. Um, and it seems that Wake Forest, I think that they are a very good team, and Steve Forbes was definitely deserving of that uh, ACC Coach of the Year because this is the most wins – that, that they've had in like 10 years, 11 years, 12 years. And so while I think the future is bright there, their their tournament, uh, their NCAA tournament hopes are a little in question now. 
Okay, and the sec- the other game of the second round was Virginia Tech and Clemson. Clemson just upsetting them to make Tech drop, drop to the seventh seed in the ACC, which gave UVA a jump to six. Um, uh, at the last game of the season, 63-59, to 59, I believe that score was. Um, but in a game where Clemson was down by nine with four minutes left and able to claw their way back. And, and so it, they tied it up at 60, and then I don't know exactly what the score was. I think 66 to 66 sounds correct at the end of regulation. Um, I'm not completely sure, but it was a nice jump hook by P.J. Hall at the end of the game, who looked absolutely gassed. I don't know how much he played, but I know he already plays a lot anyways, considering he is their their best player, and, and really, even as only a sophomore. You see how big he is? I did not know he's a sophomore. I knew he was younger, I didn't know, I, but a sophomore, and he, he's already that good and that big. So I think his future is bright, um, and he's still, I don't think he's going to go anywhere. Um, but he's able to do that, and going into overtime, I mean, it was still a close game all the way through, but uh, who was it on Tech? Someone, I think, uh, um, I know, um, uh, Darius Maddox. I think it was, uh, came, just ran down the floor, and I was sitting there, I was just like, I didn't really necessarily care that much who won, obviously I don't like Tech, but I don't, I didn't really care that much, and I just sat there, I was like, Clemson cannot allow a three, but he just went down the court, and pulled up, and it went in, clear as day, clearly got it off, they didn't even have to review it in time. And that's what's going to send Tech to the quarterfinals to play against Notre Dame. To end things off, we have I'm going to deliver a prediction on the four Big 12 basketball games today. And I will probably do the ACC ones as well. So I think I have Texas over TCU. Although TCU, in my opinion, is a better team than some people might think. I, I think that this is going to be the closest game of the day. And that is the one, I think Texas is going to win, but that's the one game that I'm putting on upset watch. Kansas over West Virginia. It's just not been the same West Virginia as we usually see in past years uh, this season. And Kansas has been playing very, very well. Baylor over Oklahoma, although I believe Oklahoma has beaten Baylor this season as well. Uh, And Texas Tech over Iowa State. And finally, for the ACC games, I have Duke over Syracuse. Especially without Buddy Beheim, it's going to be a lot harder for them to win an already hard game. Miami over Boston College, but putting Miami on upset watch. Uh, Now, this is a tough game. Virginia Tech and Notre Dame. This is going to be the closest game of the afternoon. One of the closest games of the afternoon. And... I'm going to I'm going to go with Notre Dame, but again, upset watch. If Virginia Tech beats them, I'm not going to be that surprised. Honestly, put all four of these games on upset watch. Maybe not the Duke game without Buddy Beheim, but put every single one of these games on upset watch. Not going to be calling me indecisive. These this when it gets to tournament time, especially later in the rounds, that's the quarterfinals and a lot of these, maybe in the semifinals of some of them, um and some of the, some of the smaller conferences, their tournaments are already done. But 
it just gets so hard to predict games and see like for example i got i think i got notre dame over virginia tech but virginia tech might win i got miami over boston college i mean that's just makes sense on paper but again the way boston college has been playing playing with confidence and they got nothing to lose Miami is still trying to make the NCAA tournament. Now, I don't know if they're in the field of Joe Lenardi yet, or, or, or if they are right now, but but they still have a legitimate shot to make it, and you know that, that that's going to be hanging over their heads like I thought it might have been hanging over Wake Forest's head. But Boston College really doesn't have a lot to play for unless they were to win the whole uh, ACC tournament. So so they can really, they, they can really uh, do some damage to, to teams. Um, and for Virginia and... And UNC, I think personally, it, this it is a much different UNC team or not UNC UVA team than it was earlier in the season when they played against them. UVA can rebound a whole lot better, um, and it'll really just come down to in that game how can UVA contain Armando Baycott because you know how much of an impact he makes against any team um, at any point in the game when he's on the floor, and he and UVA had trouble with him last time. Um, now they both split with Duke, but North Carolina won their only meeting during the regular season. And but I just think that now UVA is a much better team than they, than their record shows. But and the reason why that they're not in the tournament field is because they kind of dug themselves a big hole that's hard to climb out of this late into the season. <clears throat> uh, unless they do well, I mean they're they're still right there. They're in the first four out of Joe Lenardi, but but you still know. Um, But anyways, that's going to do it for this episode. Um, I'm Preston Green. This is Basketball Quick Takes Episode 4, All Eyes on Sports. Like, share, and follow if you enjoyed. If not, please tell me why. If you you have a sports take or a sports topic you want me to talk about or want my opinion on, please send me a voice message at anchor.fm slash all eyes on sports. There will be a button that says voice message, and you can just send it in to me there using your voice, and I will read it. I can even put it in my episode. Um, But anyways, that's going to do it for this episode, All Eyes on Sports. Um, Preston Green, and see you. I don't know when I'll see you. See you soon.